That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Thin Lear, you kind of screwed me over last week How's that? You shared a terrifying playlist of Halloween songs. Mm. Really, really scary sounding stuff. Mm. And then I'm left here afterward to edit it by myself. I, you know, I have to edit these episodes after the fact. I'm, I'm up late at night on my own, having to listen to freaking Pharmacon. <laughs> oh, Pharmacon. <laughs> blasting. Yeah. You got me. It was quite terrifying. Yeah. That song in particular, even when we were recording it, I was like looking over my shoulder while we were playing it. That's really... That's a song that, like, you know, you leave the door open to the bathroom after you listen to it. Like, you're just a little freaked out. Yeah, it was uh, between that and Colin Stetson. It was it was a rough night, <laughs> not going to lie. Love me some Colin Stetson. Well, speaking of films, I saw, I saw. Did we, were we talking about films? Yeah, horror movie stuff. Okay, all right. <laughs> I saw Martin Scorsese give a talk on Friday as part of the Montclair Film Festival. This is my life now. Oh. In person. As a, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a New okay. Jersey resident. So he was giving a talk. It was awesome. Wow. Uh, that guy is really something special. He was like really open about his feelings about his own work. He was like, yeah, Gangs in New York is too long. I wanted to tell too many <laughs> stories. He said he didn't want to make Raging Bull because he made a movie called New York, New York, and it didn't go very well. And he was like, I'm never going to be excited about movie making again. I was amazed by how much he was talking like – He's associated with crazy people because of his films and all these bonkers characters, but he was losing it in the 70s. And I didn't, I did not realize that. Oh, he was a full blown cocaine addict back in the taxi driver days. I did not realize. I heard that. Uh, He talked a lot about De Niro. He said they were like very recently, they sat under the stars at an event and were like, can you believe we're here? Can you believe we made it? Oh, yeah. It was great. It's really touching. What a pair. Yeah. What a pair. Did he rail against Marvel movies? No, but he did talk a lot about this movie called The Red Shoes. Oh, that's the one that he's like, Goodfellas isn't good enough. Uh, red Shoes, that's what I was trying to make, yeah. Yeah, he talked a lot about that. I've never seen it. It made <laughs> me feel like a Philistine. Like, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of artsy people there. Dan, what's your favorite Scorsese flick? Uh, probably Taxi Driver. That's solid, I yeah. I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. one. Have you guys seen Killers of the Flower Moon? No. I'm not going to see it in the theater. Fuck you, no intermission. That's so crazy. There's no intermission. That's so long. Three that's and a half. three and a half hours long. I don't want to miss the movie. No, I'm watching that at home. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. That's so long. Wait, he said that Gangs of New York was too long? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet yeah. it'll be great. I just want to be able to go to the bathroom and not miss like a pivotal scene. No, so. you got to get a, a bucket. No. Yeah, you just got to get <laughs> a bucket. Is that what you're doing? That's what they do at the Alamo. They give you a... Alamo sponsored buckets. That's where I saw Psycho at the Alamo. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'd love to see that in the theater. So we all, oh, I guess before we get into it, what is the show? What are we talking about? Yeah. This is, this is list, li- listlessly this is, losing my opinion. <laughs> this is losing my opinion. I am neither tricking nor treating indie artist Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin. I am neither here nor there. Indie artist, Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo. We have a very special guest today. Extraordinaire producer, composer, mixing engineer, songwriter, singer, and lastly but not leastly, guitarist and former podcaster and now current podcaster. <laughs> one of the hardest working dudes in motherfucking Brooklyn. We got Dan Barracuda on the show today. What's up, guys? Yeah. How's it going, Dan? Been it's a little while. Well. It's going well. It has been a while. It's going well, though. Your hair's looking nice. Thanks, man. Nice and long, nice and long. I love it in Brooklyn. It's great. I'm really glad I moved here. It's cool here. Massachusetts uh, bros here. UMass. UMass. Uh, <laughs> I went to UMass. Actually, I had a gig nearby uh, last December oh, really? with Ian. Ian and I are like an acoustic duo. And Near UMass Amherst. Yeah, and we went to, UMass, we went to Berkshire uh, Dining Commons, and we paid Holy 10 shit. bucks all-you-can-eat food. And it was incredible. <laughs> Sounds lovely. College kids look so young. It's crazy. They're little babies. Yeah. yeah. What's the term mass hole? Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. Just why like, do people like, say that? Usually when what driving. Usually when driving, yeah. you know, impatience, okay. you know. <laughs> I get that. That Boston street layout will make a mass hole out of anybody. So <laughs> it's an impossible city to fucking drive in. 
Sure. It's the worst. It was great prep for New York. It like totally <laughs> toughened me up for for New York. Like uh, like it doesn't New York doesn't like I can drive all around, all around Manhattan, Brooklyn, and it's fine. It's like sure. I'm very like defensive driver, and you know. Mm. I ninety going into Boston. If you can make it here, you can anywhere. make it anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> true. I find Jersey drivers are the worst. Like in New York, at least I know everyone is trying to kill you, so you can you know adjust based on the level of aggression. Exactly, aggression there. Exactly. New Jersey like. There's the level of aggression, and they also are confused. So it's like, I want to do this thing, and I don't even know how to do it. It's like passive-aggressive driving. Yeah, I can attest to this. I thought you were exaggerating, and then I went down there, and I was like, this is, oh, my God. Yeah. The fucking worst. Uh, so this is Car Talk. That's <laughs> Talking a cars. Massachusetts show. Talking cars. Boston staple. Hey, so we are, we're all on the Halloween train today, right? Can all we right. all be on the Halloween train? We are on the Halloween train, and... Did we screw up? Because this episode is technically coming out uh, the day yes, after Halloween. Yes, this is what I said last time. I'm justifying it to myself by knowing that people are going to be going out Halloween night. Okay. The clock will strike midnight. Ooh. This episode will, will go up. People are going to be listening to it as they go to Betty Bye after a, right, as most a of our listeners night of trick-or-treating and, and mischief. Yeah, it, it slides in there. Plus, it'll be Halloween in Hawaii. Oh, right. Oh, okay. That's why we did this. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Nice. Uh, well, I was on that train by myself last week, and it was pretty lonely. I broke out this Dracula costume for nothing. Put fangs <laughs> yeah, I didn't in. Talk about Halloween. It's very difficult to talk. <laughs> I felt like a f- fool. But can I go back there today? Am I allowed to go back? Hell yeah! I, I got Halloween stuff for my half as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm really curious to see what you guys think about this music. I I I put some work in to this episode. I know I don't I don't often, but today I did. Uh, I feel like I got the cream of the crop. Right now, I'm going back to the horror movie well today, but I'm trying to like approach it from a different angle than we've done previously. I don't want this to just be like, oh, these are great horror movie scores because like there's this a ton of them. It's got to be more complicated. So we're not just looking at what's scary today. We're going to look at horror themes that elicit more than fear. So these are like horror movie scores that work as fully fledged pieces of music outside of the context of the films, Uh, complicated emotions, scores tinged with like sadness and beauty and like, yes, terror, but it's about more than just scaring folks. So it's like multifaceted emotions that horror scores elicit. Mm. Um, So uh, let's just get started because I have a bunch. One of you will know a a bunch of these, but but some of them I think are like pretty under the radar, pretty hipster, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to start with a big one. Okay. Candyman. It was always you, Helen. We got to listen to this song. Do you know what I'm talking? Has either of you? I haven't seen Candyman. Not talking about the remake, which is fine. Classic. I'm talking about the original. 92? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That I totally forget the music in that, though. I, I saw it forever ago. It's, cr- it's crazy. Uh, this is like one of my favorite soundtracks, period. It, it has like... So Philip Glass did the soundtrack, which is oh. insane. Uh, he also did Truman Show. And I hear like, like there's elements of that sound in this one but like if you're getting philip glass to do your horror movie soundtrack it's probably going to be pretty solid sound um someone on youtube was saying that this is like operatic and really that's kind of the story of Candyman. it's like this dan if you haven't seen it it's this like operatic tragedy of lost love and brutality and slavery and racism and and bees and bees and generational horror and like it's so much more special than just like straight up boogeyman story and it's a really nuanced movie yeah like largely takes place in like cabrini green chicago high rise yeah Yeah, like who's in it oh tony todd is that his name yeah tony todd is he's the he's Candyman. he is uh virginia madsen yes yeah virginia madsen's in it Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. The, I got to see it. It's a great, great flick. I totally do not remember the music. Did no failed glass did the score. It's nuts. Yeah. I, I imagine you two are big glass heads. <laughs> glass hole. Yeah. Glass hole. <laughs> I'm a big glass hole here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much Philip Glass. I really don't either. I, I have no idea what to expect here. I don't know. I put him in the same camp as Steve Reich. Just yeah. I think that's all right. Lots of He's musicians a bit doing less... weird repetitive things. He's he's like slightly less minimalist than Steve Reich, but yeah, they're in that same world. That's good. I didn't know he did Truman Show. So this is from the movie Candyman. You said it was, what was it called? Helen's Theme? It was always you, Helen. It was always you, Helen. Mm-hmm. 
This kind of sounds happy. Right? Yeah. It's just bizarre. <laughs> I love the piano motif. Definitely rings a bell. Mm -hmm. I've definitely heard this before. This piano part. It's just nothing like it in the horror movie realm. Yeah, that's good shit. It's just, it's jarring. Like, Dan, like you said, it's like, um, yeah, it's, just, it's beautiful, it's longing. And that's like really the core of the film. It's just like, it's, it's more than just a horror movie. You could see why someone like Jordan Peele would come back to that story and be like, oh, there's a lot to sink your teeth into here. Um, all right, so let's move forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to one. I know neither of you have heard this. I know, and I don't think either of you have seen this movie. It's an absolutely insane movie called Maniac. Ooh. Have you seen it? No. Don't know this. Okay. This is one of the most unsettling horror movies I've ever seen. Oh, like, boy. do not watch this as like a part of a date night. What year? Oh, I think it's like 2012, 2013. Oh, like recent? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's an original called Maniac and they made a remake, which, which in and of itself is a scary movie. But this was just like, this is a gruesome film it was borderline traumatizing oh, like wow. i would not want to see it again uh elijah wood is in it he's like in his prime horror movie renaissance days like that dude he's been in come to daddy uh maniac he produced the boy mandy color out of space like he's, he's done a lot he's done a lot of weird shit he's yeah. doing great the soundtrack was done by robin kuder who performs under the name rob he's like a colleague of sebastian tellier that that french musician oh I was talking about but so this song is called uh haunted and it's by rob on the maniac soundtrack and i just love the synths on this thing they're just like really icy and like cut to the center of your brain and uh it's scary but again going back to what we were talking about with the last one there's like tragedy in it and it's it's sad and it creates this well of emotion and the character in the film is just pure evil. Like you see the whole film literally through his eyes mm. and it forces you to get inside of his mind and he's a nightmare of a person, but he's in agony. So this is kind of that, you know, conflicting wow. thing where you're feeling some kind of empathy for a monster. Whoa. It is a gruesome movie. Like it, it turned my stomach the first time I saw it. Have you seen Terrifier 2? Is it like that? That's great. I, it's, yeah, like I mean, in terms of like, What's grotesque? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and Dan, you just saw Psycho. That's a pretty all-timer <laughs> soundtrack there. I feel oh. like, isn't that like the first iconic horror movie soundtrack? Yeah, and it directly influenced Eleanor Rigby. Oh, yeah. Is that so? Yeah, George Martin said, like, when Paul went to him with uh, wanting strings, he was like, George was like, all right, well, you know, Psycho it would be a good... You know, like the the stabbingness of the strings would wow. be a good, would be like nice percussive element wow. for Rigby. And then I like listened for it when I went to the theater to watch Psycho, and I totally heard it. It was so cool. That's wild. This one and the next one, I think, are like pretty chilling. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have the context of the movie, but like for you two listening to this, I guess that's a good thing. It's like, do you feel a sense of dread? Because mm. that's kind of the point right. I'm making. Is it's it's freed from the context. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know about you, Dan, but the first Philip Glass piece, if you hadn't told me it was from a horror movie, I wouldn't necessarily have pegged it as that. Yeah, I guess the the beginning, like the very, it's got that minor, but then it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it gets all like beautiful and major, romantic, yeah. Some angelic synth vocals, yeah. It's kind of a mixed emotions there, but I got a feeling this is going to be more clear cut. Uh, Haunted by Rob. Oh, 
It's imposing, but it's not really creeping me out. It's kind of just more baroque. I could just listen to this like on headphones and enjoy myself. Oh yeah, for sure. It sounds French. What is that lead line? Is that is that a guitar? What is that? I think is it's it a synth? synth. That like lead thing going on later. If it's a guitar, it's yeah, like an it Evo like an or some shit. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. The synth was interesting. <laughs> Real buzzy. Real buzzy. Yeah, very minor. The five chord flat very six. Very minor. Minor, minor, minor. <laughs> cool. Very yeah. big. That was a cool one. Let's go to a totally different world, so to speak. Uh, Under the Skin. Thomas, I think you oh. enjoyed this movie, right? I have seen this one. I'm not like obsessed with it. Uh, I prefer the director's uh, other movie, Sexy Beast. But mm, good film with uh, Ben Kingsley. But yeah, it, this 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 one was a puzzler. This Under the Skin. Yeah, it's very slow. Lots of space. Lots of room for evocative scores. Yeah. Are we gonna listen to like the human harvesting scene with the crazy sound design there? Or? Yes. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is by Mika Levy. It's called Lipstick to Void. Uh, this song is like a coiled cobra. Like that's just the best way I can describe it. Uh, encapsulates the character in this film, what she's putting victims through. It's uncomfortable to listen to. It's not like it's not just scary. I think it's just viscerally unsettling. Mm. And like also like a little bit erotic, you know, it has that that element to it, which is just the blend of what's mm -hmm. in the movie. There's another song called Love on this soundtrack that's really beautiful and complex, but I feel like we've kind of done that before. Um, so Mika Levy was like 26 when they made this, which is astounding because it's, uh, I feel like it's a masterwork. And Mika also made the score for an upcoming film called Zone of Interest, which seems like it'll be uh, pretty horrifying. Some real A24 type stuff. But um, yeah, this is another one I could listen to and just enjoy myself outside of the movie. Wow, cool. And what what year is this? 2014. It was like one of the first like big A24 movies. When, when was Hereditary? That was 2018. That was later, yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring in Hereditary, but we did Colin Stetson last week, so I figured we'd get away from the, the sax man. The bass sax man. Sexy sax man. Just move <laughs> in a different direction. Mm -hmm. All right, Mika Levy, Lipstick to Void. I don't know. I remember very cavernous sounds yes. with this one. It's been a little while. Started at 310. I think that's where the song really kind of goes places. This one freaks you out, right? This this song You're freaks in trouble me out. <laughs> if you hear this one. Yeah, this is crazy. The sound design is wild. Yeah, like what does this make you think of Dan having not seen the movie? I don't know. Unknown unknown <laughs> terror. That's what I that's what I'm getting. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Yeah, you feel like it's going to get super loud at any moment. You know, like that's... It's like if you had a Lovecraftian 
eldritch horror as like your upstairs neighbor clanking around up there. I forgot how far out this soundtrack was, yeah. Very cool sound design. That was cool. If you, I mean, you don't even need a scary movie to accompany that. Like, you could just put that over, like, family uh, family photos or whatever. It could be anything. <laughs> is is that what terrifying. you're doing over there? That's what I'm making right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is yeah. cool, man. That was really cool. Let's go in, let's go to a different place. Have either of you seen the movie Mandy? No. Nicolas Cage? I saw part of it, but it was too too real for me, too harrowing. I don't know, the, the bad guy just put such a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's this... Jeremiah Dan, or whatever. Is it a horror film? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are people who dispute that it is, but like, there's goblins in it. I so know. it's a horror film, you know. <laughs> Dan, are you a fan of like late period Nicolas Cage where he's just out of his mind? Is that like like National Treasure? National Treasure? Is that middle? I would call that middle. like middle. This is like when he's, I guess, just... Has, he's not stopped caring. I feel like the stopped caring part was the National Treasure Treasure period. This is like he's just doing movies where he can be nuts. He does anything, yeah. I mean, he was nuts early on, too. I don't know if you've seen Vampire's Kiss. Face Off. Oh. Face Off, that's, Face that's off. good middle. Face that's off. prime that middle, yeah. I don't understand that movie. I really I do not understand it. The concept, even, is just like, what? They did a good job doing it. Yeah, <laughs> John Travolta. <laughs> Is a, is a mean cage. I'm doing Nicholas Cage, so I should just be shouting and losing my mind, right? That's yeah. the character. Wait, but so he really like leans into himself like in the he later does. cage? He does. It's exactly the way to describe it, Dan. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. he always puts 110%. You have to really rein him back or else he, he goes full cage every time. Yeah. Th- this movie is strange, and the soundtrack does a lot of the the legwork of making it this like really hazy, lush, psychedelic yeah. thing. Um, this tune, it's called Death and Ashes. And I think it wraps it up nicely. It was done by this guy, uh, Johan Johansson. He's a nice landed composer. And he died in 2018. So this was actually released posthumously, I think. Uh. Um, he also did the soundtracks to films uh, like Prisoners and Arrival. So, oh God, prisoners! That was fucking. Oh, I was just thinking of prisoners. That's brutal. Yeah, because we were talking about overacting a little bit, and uh, I don't know. I feel like Hugh uh, Jackman. Oh my, yeah, Hugh Jackman goes a little too hard in that movie. I think the movie it's goes good, a little too but... hard in that movie. That was devastating. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, like, it's like whoa. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you really don't know where your daughter is. I re- yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed Prisoners. It, it, it spooked me oh, out. Oh yeah, it did. It was really well done, but Arrival was great, too. There's some guitar in that score. You're right. Solid sound design yeah. in that one, too, yeah. Um, so if that's his track record, that that bodes pretty well for this. He knows this what he's doing. Tune. This movie is a, is a mind fuck. This, this is a movie that chased my wife out of the room. My brother and I were watching it, and she was like, yeah, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> it was just too. Oh, wow. It's just like, uh, it's just ape shit from moment one. I mean, Nicolas Cage is absolutely covered head to toe in blood by the time this song yeah, plays for, or what? <laughs> oh my God. He's covered head to toe in blood for most of the film. So it really, I don't know. could be any moment. Death and Ashes, Johan Johansson. bit of a serenity to this one mm-hmm. yeah there's like something sweet about it mm-hmm. yeah mystical spiritual yeah, again with this one if you hadn't told me a horror movie I might not have known yeah, me either. What would you say? Like, what kind of film? Like, just a 
some sort of sci-fi. Like adventurous? Sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, sci-fi adventurous, yeah. This could work in the Blade Runner realm, right? Hmm. It does sound like a moment of contemplation in a weird alien environment. <laughs> right. Huh. Again, killer sense. Yeah, it's a lot of sense in the music I brought in today. Yeah. That was cool. So I got one more. One more for you to enjoy. Uh, I can't decide which one I want to pick. Thomas, I know you've seen It Follows. Oh, yeah. So I, I, There's a song in there I really enjoy called Detroit, but I'm not going to bring it in because I feel like you've heard it. How about you see, you see the latest Suspiria, the remake? I haven't. No. I heard it's a freakadelic good time. Let's do it. Let's listen to that. That's Tom York, right? It is. Whoa. So it's like... When Suspiria is like, I don't know, we could argue about it, but it's at the very least, it's one of the, one of the greatest horror soundtracks ever. So like, what do you do? (laughs) They're making a remake. They ask you to do the score. Yes, you're Tom York, but like, what do you do? Like, how do you approach that when it's, they so thoroughly crushed it the first time, you know, people are going to be looking at you and saying, what choices is he making? What he did is he went in a totally different direction he made the main theme this gorgeous, unsettling ballad, like straight up pop tune. And I think it's one of the best songs he's written in the past decade. It's called Suspirium. Uh, I prefer this song to even a lot of the tunes on the last Radiohead record. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it's the mixture of longing, sadness with like menace and danger. Uh, and it's it's Tom York's songwriting at, at, its, at its finest. And I think he... Uh, he did a really admirable job of measuring up to the first soundtrack. Cool. What do you guys think? Are we getting another Radiohead album, like, ever? I think we will. Yeah, probably. It's been, like, how long at this point? Like, almost eight years? Moonshade Pool, 2016? 2016, yeah. Yeah, it's come been, on, that's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Nothing. Okay. Pop skipping a jump away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never, I haven't checked this one out Great. yet. I do like some York solo stuff. I don't know why. Uh, I wonder what his voice is going to sound like when he's like 70, 75. That's a great question. You know, I can't like picture, I can't like picture his voice like older. I can't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, you don't hear a lot of falsettos coming out of very old men. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where we're having trouble yeah. thinking of this. kind of sounds like something you'd write, Dan. <laughs> it's a lot more peaceful than I was expecting. Yeah. There has been like a consistent, like tranquil vibe with a lot of these. Not with uh, the under the skin no. pick, but... Yeah, well, so- softer edges than your selection uh, last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's maybe like the... I prefer that juxtaposition in horror films where... I, You know, obviously Psycho is incredible, but I think in like modern films, if it's too aggro along with... If the score's too aggro and the movie's super aggro, then it's like, eh. But I think if, if you pull it back and it's like very lush and serene and the movie itself is terrifying, that makes for a great combination. Yeah. 
That was really nice. It, it was like a fast-paced daydreamer. Exactly. Or daydreaming. Exactly. Daydreaming. Yeah. yeah daydreaming. Daydreaming. Yeah. Yeah, where it sort of just never resolves, like nothing ever co- comes to the end. Yeah, kind of like videotape, like videotape. Mm. It was like videotape yeah. and daydreaming, like fast-paced. Mm. And I, lo- I just love his voice. I always do. Nail on the head there. Yeah, it's like it's just a never-ending like piano spiral. Yep. Very cool. <laughs> Keeps going further and further out. Suspiria. Cool. Yeah, the remake is is great. It's really good. And I, th- I thought it was going to be terrible, but I was very wrong. But anyway, Thomas, what are you listening to this week? Listen, my opinion. I see you're dressed as Dracula now, which is, I, I feel like copying me from last week. I want to show you songs. <laughs> that, that doesn't deserve a laugh. Uh, so, yes, last week I, I slumped on talking Halloween stuff. I am here today to talk scary songs, getting in the vibe. Well, I don't know. The music that I'm sharing today isn't, you know, if you heard it in a vacuum, I don't think you would say it's scary per se, but the the context around the the making of this music, the the backstory is cursed. Whoa. In all these examples. These are cursed. This is like contextually scary music. These are cursed songs that I'm sharing with you today. Okay. He hasn't come up yet. Hopefully he doesn't come up again. I kind of have conflicted feelings on on bringing him into the show, but fuck it. We can talk about the music of Charles Manson for a second, mm. right? Whoa. Uh, Dan's nodding his head. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's do it. Are you uh, familiar with his, his work in the, the realm of music, uh, Mr. Charles Manson? Yeah, when he died, I like checked him out on Spotify. And, uh, <laughs> He's got a Spotify profile now. God. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. And um, I was like really shocked by like his most popular st- song. I was like, "Wow, that's Charles Manson." But which one showed up as number one? Look, look at your game, girl. Yeah, yeah, Matt. You uh, you heard this stuff before? You must have at some point, right? Out of morbid curiosity. I think that's "Look at Your Game Girl" is the only song. Oh, maybe no, no, "Cease to Exist" is the only song I've ever heard from him. I know the lore. I know that he was kind of haunting Dennis Wilson and the Beach Boys. He was kind of push, trying to push his way into that world and wore out his welcome very quickly because he was <sighs> a dirtbag. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I spent maybe a minute reading about Manson's like upbringing, like his childhood and all the shit that happened to him before he was like 20. And I'm like, why would we expect any other kind of human being like, oh, my God, it was like unimaginable trauma. He had a brutal life. But yeah, yeah, it's better that he's he was uh, behind bars most of his life. But he, he was a musician. Mm. That was his main deal. That's, he was plugging his, his songs around L.A. back when things were popping. He was friends with the Beach Boys drummer, Dennis Wilson. The Beach Boys uh, kind of worked on one of his songs, sort of fine-tuned it and fucking released it, basically. Uh, the Beach Boys track, Never Learn Not to Love You, right? Like some weird double Great negative. Great title. Yeah, terrible title. Great, not confusing title. If anybody's ever heard that Beach Boys song, that's basically a Charles Manson song. Obviously, they uh, they aped it and recorded Whoa. it, released it before uh, stuff went down there. They released it as Never Learn Not to Love You. His demo, I think they were all from like 1967. The bulk of them, the just that first infamous run of uh, Manson demo recordings, but... He recorded the song as called as "Cease to Exist." Yeah, that's a that's an ominous title yeah. right there. That's that's a red flag. It is. And yeah, for anybody who's never checked it out, I mean, obviously the guy's never going to be known for his music. He made sure of that. Yeah, we can check it out here. See if I don't know. See if in in the moment we have any uh, feelings one way or the other. If we just purely take this on as like, uh, oh, this un- unknown sort of forgotten, you know. Dusted off uh, '60s artist here. See if we we have any um, musical uh, reactions one way or the other. Cease to exist by a a one Charles Manson. Pretty girl, pretty pretty girl. Cease to exist. Just 
come and say you love me Give up your work Come on, you can't be I'm your kind Oh, your kind I can see Walk on, walk on I love you, pretty girl My life is yours And you can have my word Never had a lesson I ever learned But I know we all get our turn I love you Never learn not to love you Submission is a gift Go on, give it to your brother I don't like that line Yeah, it's fine. You know, I don't know. I feel like if we heard that outside of the context of knowing what happened, you'd just be like, oh, this is like a shitty freak folk thing from the late 60s. Yeah, like, there's a dime yeah. a dozen of those yeah, motherfuckers. And I feel like there are. people probably make more of this than it is because of how horrific his life was. But um, outside of the context of that, I don't know. Freak folk. That's a good it's, well put. It's, it's whatever. You know, incredible string band can do that a thousand times better all day. Sure. Uh, does he have a band or something? Does he have a band? It's like, who's playing guitar? Who's playing electric guitar? Good, important questions. I'm sure nobody who wants to be associated or identified. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, some Southern Californian session musicians. Like he did sort of okay. record with the Beach Boys kind of a little bit. Those recordings have never been released. But That'll be on the Pet Sounds reissue. <laughs> I hear like, oh, kind of a good singing voice and then really not much else to... Uh, he doesn't have a bad voice. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, oh, what a huge loss that he, you know, couldn't have really made it as a musician, but... I don't know much about his childhood. It's it's as bad as you can imagine, really, just uh, yeah. Yeah. nowhere to go. Um, but I don't know, the the music itself, did that strike anything in you, Barracuda? Um, I mean, it was... I think Freak Folk was well put. Abstract, <laughs> kind of like, you know, no real Lucy rhythm, kind of just loose... Yeah. Lucy Goosey and mad. <laughs> Psycho. <bro. laughs> if you got him as your recording client, if he sent oh, those God. demos your way. Yeah, what can you do? Can you help me shape this? Yeah. I want to record drums on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Full kit on top of that. Varies between 80 BPM and 135 I didn't record BPM. to a click. I just want to let you, in case you couldn't tell, I didn't record to a click. Let's bring it to 105, somewhere in the middle. Just, just can you play? They're just clip? sitting there trying to hit the metronome to it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can only imagine what uh, the Beach Boys went through and kind of, sh- you know, they had a tough time. Sh- He's like a off. tick. They had a tough time like extracting him from their social circles. Yeah. Really, but Dennis was really friends with them. They huh? were friendly for a little yeah. while there. Yeah, I mean the guy. He had a, a family. He was this whole head of a, whatever the fuck was going on. Like, obviously, some level of charisma was yeah. involved. But, yeesh. right. Uh, so, a cursed song. Don't bother to check out more than that. There's really not, in my opinion, you're wasting your time if you're really trying to look for a hidden gem in, in this right. catalog. But it is, it's there. It's an oddity. Uh, what do we got next? What do we got next? So, from my next. Cursed selection. You gotta tell, you gotta say this like Vincent Price. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah, everybody knows that guy. No, I, 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 yeah, he's he's cool. I can't pull off a Vincent Price. His cackle at the end of Thriller. Come on. Right. Uh, so this next tune, this is by. Well, the song is called "Here in My Heart." It's by Rochelle Specter. From her album Out of My Shell, spelled C H E L L E, like part of her name, from 2010. Uh, Spectre is her, her married name, uh, her husband being uh, Phil Spectre. Whoa. They married in 2006, I believe. Uh, he died recently, didn't he? He did. Phil Spectre died of COVID, um, but he was in prison for at least a decade before that. Did, didn't, why, why was he in prison again? Well, he was convicted of murdering his wife, Lana right. Clarkson, uh, in 2003. He was convicted in 2009 of that murder. 
Here in My Heart by Rochelle Spector, his then wife, uh, came out in 2010, uh, produced by Phil Spector, mm. this song called Here in My Heart. We'll take a little listen, see what we think here. Mm. Yeah, he'd been brandishing guns on people for several decades, decades. before that. It's sort of yeah, a- crazy stories of Phil yeah. Spector. You're here in my heart. This is probably the last album Phil Spector ever produced. This is crazy. This sounds nothing like I thought it was going to sound. There's something deep between us, a soul connection, keeping you closer to me, or anyone I've known before, or anyone that will ever be. You're with me night and day, even when you're This is crazy. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel while I'm listening to this. jamming out here or what are we doing <laughs> I don't, again i don't know what i'm supposed to be feeling right now <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> it's friday it's friday, yeah. friday yeah yeah that's it <laughs> so i don't know about you guys they you know they made a movie with al pacino uh, about phil Spector in the courtroom mm-hmm. you know leading up to the conviction of, of that murder, blah, blah, blah. I want to see the movie where it's these two wackadoodles making this album. She, Rochelle Spector, she got with Phil like three years after that murder, mm. I believe is when they're married. Again, he's producing this from Oh, the, I didn't prison. get that. I didn't understand. You, you connecting the dots here? It's like, this is okay. it. They divorced in 2016. Phil filed for divorce because he thought she was spending too much of his money. But... They were married a good 10 years. He was in the hole all that time because of uh, the murder had happened years and years prior. And yeah. you know, it was a long drawn out courtroom process there. But these two, you know, after a stressful day with the lawyers and the accusations, he gets to sit down and work let's put, on- Let's slap another harmony on that chorus now. Yeah. yeah Rochelle Spector is here in my heart. Um, you know, iconic, legendary record producer, Phil Spector. This is probably the last thing he ever put together. There's a story here. Damn, man. I don't, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about that one. The Charles Manson one, I can sort of feel like that's like creepy. This is just like. This didn't have any soul. It was very plastic. and it's, it's like, what did that look like? The two of them getting together and working on this. I can't even, you know, maybe this is too far out, but I can't even begin to imagine. It's probably just him comatose at some poor recording engineer trying to slap this together. Who is that recording engineer? It was, I want a movie of that. I don't care about the the huge ridiculous clown wig in the courtroom and all that stuff. And who was she? Like, what, what is she, where does she come from? Just some aspiring Just some, LA, uh, yeah. singer, maybe actress. I don't know, but she's Rochelle Spector out of my shell, 2010. Out of my shell. You can check out the whole album on Spotify. Wow. Out of my shell. That was a whole record. Yeah, that was, that was, was a whole record, whole album. She went a on a whole album. promotional tour when it came out. She did? She was trying to make the big time, and she had Phil Spector producing. Was it like a Johnny Cash thing? what went wrong. <laughs> but the songs weren't She was only there. playing prisons. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But anyway, to me, an interesting oddity. You guys seem a little <laughs> confused still. but <laughs> I, I just don't even know what emotion I'm supposed to feel, because it's not like, it's not dark, it's not. I don't know. I was expecting, like, the last one you could say, like, this is, like, a creepy song. This is just, like... Sure. Yeah, the lyrics are hinting at some malevolence. Yeah, this is, no, this is just trying to make a, a pop good time. I guess the surprising part to me was how thoroughly bankrupt of talent <laughs> he was at this point in his life. Because it's, like, you know, there are times in his life where it's undeniable that he has some incredible ability in spite of him being a monster. And here, there's just like I don't, you wouldn't even guess. Oh, like, what did this, does this person have any talent? Do you think they ever did? You'd be like, no. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah. Yeah, there was none of that like that specter like I mean there was no wall of sound <laughs> going on there, right? No wall of sound. <laughs> it was like they were trying to make like a, they were trying to make like a believe by share or something uh, like that. You know? Yeah, it was like very like uh like Swedish Swedish late nineties hit or something. Yeah. And he 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 didn't stick to to what he's good at, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for humoring me there. I I got one more. Well, all right. To close out here, I got a two-parter. I'll show you two songs okay. more. Uh, these go together, but I want to show you the first one with zero context and just get you guys' thoughts off the top here. Uh, the song is called SOS by ABBA. That's what I was th- not that's the ABBA what I was song. Thinking. Love, Love the ABBA song. song. Love that song. So we're not listening to that. Not listening to ABBA. Oh, okay. I'll tell you the date at least. This is from uh, the early 90s, like 1994, thereabouts. Okay, I have no idea where you're going with it. That's what typing at a computer sounds like, right? Oh my god. Yeah, I usually type this fast. <laughs> Stressing me out. Stressing me out, <laughs> Here we go. Best of the three songs, I think, pretty pretty easily. Very catchy. Oh, these songs are both bangers. Kind of has an ABBA feel, you know. Da, dee, dee, dee. That's SOS and Morse code. Dee, dee, dee. Wow. Da, 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 dee, dee, dee. What can heal a heart that's broken? What so if you listen to the lyrics a little bit there, they're you know complaining about technology, sure. not trusting computers. Yeah, I got hardly, that. Hardly an original idea. Very catchy though. I like the melody. <laughs> Great fucking song. As is the next yeah. one. However, so that was part, uh, and you were watching the music video. The, the video, the song, everything that was put out by an organization uh, formerly known as the Children of God, now rebranded as the Family International. No, that's that cult. Uh, it's an American new religious movement founded in 1968 by David Brantberg. Uh, they've gone under a number of different names, including Teens for Christ, the Children of God, the Family of Love, or simply the Family. Uh, they were covered on last podcast on yes. the left. Uh, they they are indeed a cult. Wow. Former members uh, who've who've left and totally condemned them include Rose McGowan, uh, famous film actress. Uh, all the Phoenixes. Yeah, I don't, Joaquin Phoenix was how I heard about them. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so you just listened to a cult song, is what you did Whoa. there. Whoa. And they like put that out like what a promotional video. So. I learned about them through like my favorite YouTube channel, Red Letter Media, and they their whole thing is they watch like terrible VHS tap, VHS tapes mm. with no context, and they watched a Japanese release of SOS because I guess it was co-produced in like Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the actresses and actors we just saw were Japanese, and there's like English and Japanese versions of most of, if not all, these songs. Uh, they had some influence in Japan for a time. I was going to ask that, yeah. I thought you were going to say Om Shinrikyo because of, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that that's sort of the same type of deal there. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this was a promotional videotape to promote the Children of God, now known as Family International. Several songs, all of them excellent. Wow. <laughs> that was catchy as hell, I mean. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really wasn't da, bad. Da, da, it's in my head fully. It sounds like yeah. it could be on that. Um, but the clicking intro yeah. was crazy. Yeah. But, you know, the lyrics in that tune still, you know, could go either way. Nothing terribly explicit there. Yeah. Uh, you get further in the into the video itself, it gets a little wackadoodles. Uh, this next song is called Kathy Don't Go. Let's see what we think of this one. 
Thomas, I'll probably have to split after this one. All right. Hey, guys and gals, get hit with a new craze. Register today for your very own personal 666 barcode implant. Six, six, no six, more six. need to carry cash or credit cards. The price of the goods you buy is now automatically subtracted from your bank account by the computer terminal at the checkout stand. It's fast. It's easy. That's so stupid. So a young woman just turned off the radio. The aforementioned Kathy. She's about to go to the supermarket. This song is better and also dumber than the last song we just listened to. <laughs> better and dumber, yes, I agree. We're seeing footage of people with barcodes tattooed on their head, forehead. Of all the things to rage about, like, the checkout counter is not one of them. Barcodes are evil, man. It's like, in general, they're the mark of the beast. The singer sounds like a combination between Billy Joel and the Sticks singer. Basically, what this uh, music video and the song is positing is. A barcode is, is, it's like the mark of the beast, 666, and it, sure. the, de- the devil will mind control you if you uh, yeah. get involved with them. So don't go to the supermarket. Yeah, I was more on board with the evil computer thing. This is just like... It's, it's a good tune, but the lyrics, I mean... <laughs> lyrics kind of make you change your mind yeah. about it a little bit. It's crazy they got George Harrison to play on it, though. I know. It's wild. They recruited him. Guy was desperate for gigs. <laughs> I'll play on your song. I'll play whatever you want me to play. What year was that? Uh, the v- VHS tape is from the early 90s. I mean, who knows? Maybe they found some Christian band like five, ten years <laughs> earlier to record that song. Sounds pretty new wave to me. But uh, Family International SOS, if you uh, want to dig further uh, at your own peril. Not really. But it is very interesting. It's full of bangers. That's all I got to say. Wow. Those are my cursed songs. Lovely. For this week. Matt, I know you gotta get going I do. here. I do have to go. Right. Matt, this great has been seeing special. you, man. Happy Halloween. Dan, happy Halloween. Ooh, <laughs> happy Halloween, guys. Uh, that was a spooky episode. Y'all talk about what you learned. I'm gonna go put the baby to bed. All, All right. right. And try not to think about uh, Om Shinrikyo and the Family International. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, fellas. Take care. All right, so Matt, this is the part of po- the... Uh, let me start over. And I just called you Matt, so that we're, we're two strikes there. Uh, Dan, this is the part of the podcast now where we uh, review what we've learned. Well, I want to see Candyman. I want to see the 92 Candyman. That's like the first thing on my, on my docket. It really is very good. I, I should rewatch it, too. I saw it when I was like a teenager. Really atmospheric, like tons of mystery, not just, you know, like slasher horror. Like it's got a lot of social commentary. It's, it's a layered thing. Like it's, it's really cool. Clyde Barker. Cool original there um also i think that i think the uh, the best manson song is the game the game girl one <laughs> look at you that one's a little better yeah it's a little jazzier yeah maybe he's he's a little more of a crooner there yes it's pretty croony yeah it was wild i'm trying to remember like the names of the films and everything he he went through a lot yeah it was let's see if i can remember his maniac under the skin Suspiria. Oh yeah, the Tommy York one was cool. Candyman. There's one more. Yeah, yeah. Interesting point he made. I, I guess this is what I learned. Like horror movie scores, horror movie music, often isn't necessarily as scary as just stuff we were listening to last week, where it's like music that's just released by artists, like not connected to a, a movie. But it's that stuff's full on terrifying. This is like you got to put some more emotional layers into it because the the visual, the story is probably going to be terrifying enough. You don't need to 
go ham with the music too. I like when it has some melody in it. Yeah, you know, it, a little balance, a little sweetness in there to kind of trick you. I saw uh, Saw. I saw Saw. I saw Saw Ten in <sighs> theaters last week. Yeah, I, not, I haven't seen Saw Nine to. I haven't seen Saw like five to nine. Okay, so you have seen a bunch of the earlier ones. I've seen the yeah one of four. Yeah. Um, but they have. I forgot how good the theme is. Do you know it? Dun, dun, oh. dun, 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 I've dun, dun, just dun, seen dun, the first dun, one, dun, dun. and that's the song that plays like after the huge dun, dun, twist reveal at the yeah. end of the first movie. That song is fucking terrifying. That one gets it's under so my skin. good. It's that's so good. classic. Yeah. I, and when it hit in the tenth, when I saw it in theaters, I was like, oh, I forgot how good this song is. Goosebumps. Yeah. So good. It's, it kind of reminds me of Requiem for a Dream. They're very similar. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 the dun, the dun, Clint dun, Mansell theme at the end of that movie compared. To, yeah, they're like, I, I'm trying to like split them in my head right now. I can't really, they're very similar. Yeah. I like when the, when, the, when the themes have melodies. Some of the ones didn't have melodies. Yeah. Uh, it was more like a sound design kind of thing. It just makes it like not as memorable. Yeah, I guess especially in the context of, of listening to it without seeing the, the movie. But. Tubular Bells, Exorcist. That's a yeah. Halloween. That that one never gets old. Halloween, John. Oh, yeah, we we talked about John Carpenter on our oh, yeah? Halloween episode last year. Yeah, he makes freaking banger scores. But yeah, we could obviously go on for days. I want to hear uh, what you got going on with old damn Barracuda projects over there. What do you want to let folks know about? Oh, um, well, I released uh, my fifth album on my birthday this year, July seventh. Hell yeah! And uh, it's called Ephemera. It's got fourteen songs. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, like always, I release it and then I got like, you know, ads running. I'm like promoting it. Uh, but then I'm like quick to like kind of like forget all about it and then just like keep moving forward. And I, I'm working on like four or five songs right now I'm really excited wow. about. And more like groove focused and uh, I got some electronic, more electronic elements, which is exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, be between your Dan Barracuda project and then your like mastering work uh, for other folks, you're you're always playing. You're always... You got any shows coming up? Uh, I'm playing with uh, a woman named Lauren Manier. She's a singer-songwriter. Uh, she lives in Westchester, but she's in the city all the time. And uh, I'm her guitarist. And uh, it's really great. It's really great. I love her songs. And, um, yeah, we've, we've been playing shows. We have a show at the Bitter End on November 20th. And, uh, yeah, it's great. She's got a really cool album coming out. It's her second album. Uh, I, was, I, I produced half of her first album. And, um, ah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I work. I work with a company called the Online Recording Studio, mm -hmm. and um, you know they 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 hand clients off to me, and it's uh, I'm able to like work on people's songs from like around the world, and it's uh, it's really really great gig, and it's definitely like sharpened my skills, and you know my ears are getting better o over over yeah. time, and I love mixing, I love producing, and I've just been doing it a lot. It's great. Yeah, no, you're really jack of all trades. Check out DanBarracuda.com for details. DanBarracuda.com. DanBarracuda, anything. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Well, I guess this is the part of the show where I address the audience. You, listener, if you're not too scared yet, uh, if you like this episode and you want to make sure you always hear every every future episode from us at Losing My Opinion, you can subscribe. Uh, you can follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or X. How are we feeling about X? Oh my god, I, uh, I refuse to call it X. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, Family International, they've done a oh, innumerable just a host of terrible things. Awful, awful. Shut them down. They are responsible for some banger songs, and I could be wrong now. Mm -hmm. But I don't think so! <laughs> <laughs> banger songs. That was a crazy song. The first one was pretty wild. I didn't expect it. And uh, Matt's not here, so Dan, if I could have you uh, say Matt's catchphrase to close us out here. He likes to go, so long, suckers. So long, suckers. So when you need